I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. What kills people the most? We've mentioned it before on the spot, and it's heart disease. But this time, let's look at number two on the list: cancer. More specifically, breast cancer. According to the World Health Organization, in 2020, 2.3 million women were diagnosed with breast cancer, and around 6 lakh 85 thousand died of it. Breast cancer is pervasive, and it affects one in eight women. The best way to treat it is to catch it early. But the problem is that it has virtually no symptoms in its initial stages, making regular screening the only reliable method to detect it early. Currently, the best way to do that is through mammograms. Now, mammograms involves squishing and X-raying the breast tissues between two metal plates. Not only is this process as uncomfortable as it sounds, it is also far from perfect because it doesn't always spot the cancerous tumor and can be only done once in two years. Thankfully, though. A professor at MIT is working to solve this problem. According to a report in the Wired, Professor Kenan Dadevran was at MIT in 2015 working on biometric recording devices when her aunt was diagnosed with an aggressive form of breast cancer. At her deathbed, Dadevran sketched a design for an electronic bra that could scan the wearer's breasts for anomalies using ultrasound. Six years later, she has now unveiled her invention. a wearable flexible ultrasound patch that sits in the cup of a bra this patch uses novel miniaturized ultrasound tech and relays real time data to the wearer daily meaning for every 2 mammograms it can give you around 730 data points the device can also spot cysts as small as 0.3 cm in diameter the device's main potential lies in the amount of time it can save to identify malignant tumors and its adaptability to other forms of biometric inspection dadevran also estimates that the device can save up to 12 million lives a year but of course all of that depends on how quickly the underlying tech will be perfected and made accessible to everyone for the next few minutes you're going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology business policy and anything that leaves you with food for thought Hello I'm Manaswini and this is the deep dive for 5th January 2024. Drill baby drill. Well if you enjoy the circus that is American politics you will recognize this Republican campaign slogan at an instant. Lately Donald Trump has been going around and promising American voters that if he were to make a comeback he would fix America's economy by enforcing drill baby drill. Those who are not in the loop, well, what am I here for? Allow me to clarify. This slogan advocates for pumping out as much oil as is possible from the depths of the earth. Except for America to do that, it doesn't seem that it has to wait for Trump. Under Joe Biden's administration itself, this year the mighty United States pumped out more oil than any other country in the entire history. I'm reading out some shiny, sparkly numbers from the Washington Post. Lately. The US has been producing 13.2 million barrels of oil per day. And just to put it in context, Russia or even Saudi Arabia never ever drilled out that much crude. In fact, if you club the US with its neighbor Canada, 
Then according to the consultancy S&P Global, the combined oil production of these two countries in 2023 was more than the entirety of West Asia. And I won't lie, I was also taken by surprise when I first read it in a report. Anyway, while we are at it, here's another surprising claim. S&P says that the US is shipping out as much crude oil, gas and other refined stuff as Saudi Arabia or Russia are producing. Wow, looks like the US is really drilling. And well, in what looks like an oil boom, the US is not alone. As the economists noted, countries in South America such as Brazil and Guyana are also indulging in unprecedented oil production. Daniel Jurgen, who is a renowned expert in all things oil and energy and also vice chairman of S&P Global, puts all of it in a neat perspective. He says that we are witnessing quote on quote the great rebalancing. That is oil production is moving away from the petrostates of the Gulf to the oil producers in the west. Although at the moment it can't be said if the oil boom would be sustainable, but at least in 2024 it will surely influence the global prices of crude oil. This outflow of oil in the US and other American countries is primarily a result of extensive drilling of shales. Now let me give you a quick geography revision. Shale is a type of sedimentary rock and the US has the most oil bearing shale resources. But drilling these rocks to find oil demands a whole lot of hard work and technical prowess. So to manage profits, shale companies used to keep a lid on production, but not anymore. Last year, two deep-pocketed oil majors, Chevron and ExxonMobil, acquired two major shale companies. In fact, we even talked about those acquisitions in detail in an earlier episode. I'll link it in the show notes, so surely check out. Anyway, other smaller shale companies as the Atlantic noted also pushed up oil production as the Biden administration forced companies to do so. So as a result, the US now has a lot of oil, not only for its domestic use but also to export, which is making analysts predict that this year prices of oil in the international market will likely cool down. In fact, let's go back to S&P Global. The consultancy predicts that in 2024 Oil prices will hover between $80 to $90 per barrel, which is lower, in fact quite significantly lower than in early 2023 when the price was shooting up to $100 a barrel. So presumably, Petronations and their grouping called Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries or OPEC won't be too thrilled with this development because greater price of oil ensures greater profits of countries in the Middle East and in turn decides their budget. Saudi Arabia has voluntarily cut back on its production to make sure that the surplus supply doesn't tank prices of oil. But experts say that the oil boom in the US will more or less make up for those cuts. Moreover, OPEC is also a relatively weaker body now. Reuters reports that in early 2024, OPEC will face declining demand and shrinking market share. In such a case, it won't be able to influence other member states to also cut back on production. And adding to that, Angola is leaving the cartel this month. joining Ecuador which exited in 2020, Qatar in 2019 and Indonesia in 2016. Overall though, the hope and the predictions are tilting towards cooled off prices of crude oil in 2024, which also makes us hopeful that maybe also because this is an election year, Indians will see fuel retailers finally cutting down prices of diesel and petrol. And that I guess would be really nice for us. And before we sign off for the week, here is our third segment, one last thing, where we bring to you an offbeat story that you won't find in the headlines. 
It's 2024 and we are all set to see Mickey Mouse hunting a group of teens in an arcade, shooting up a warehouse and slashing victims on a steamboat. Only 4 days into the public domain and Mickey Mouse is already set to star as a villain in two horror flicks. I'm sure even Disney isn't too happy about it. Arguably the most famous cartoon character ever, Mickey made his first appearance in Disney's 1928 short film Steamboat Willie. But as of 1st Jan, this OG Mickey Mouse has officially entered the public domain. And for your information, Disney still holds the trademark over Mickey's more familiar red pants and white gloves look. But anyway, keeping the technicalities aside, the 1928 Mickey belongs to us and it has already been turned into an NFT. It is also starring in too many dubstep remixes and even crashed the Titanic in a fan edit. And imagine the year has just started. I'm sure there are lots of goofy antics still to come for this unshackled mouse. If you like listening to the Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello@thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was researched and written by Dhruv Sharma and Anoop Samwal, edited by Dinesh Narayanan, produced by me, mastered and mixed by Manas and Narwan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We are the Signal. Co on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter.